Yeah, well, what I saw, um, I was so thankful to to find Mike's book. Um, and because what I was seeing was that uh, so many of these businesses were having problems with cash flow. They had revenue, but they were not managing cash flow. And if you look into the stats, um, the SBA has a, a study out uh, last year, uh, which showed that uh, 10% of so 90% of new businesses fail within the first five years of the 10% that survive like 9.95% of those businesses that survive are having cash flow problems and so I was and this is what I was seeing with with clients right like often what I came to know is that actual more revenue can actually stress a business um, because more sales of a product, you've got to order more inventory. Yeah. So that eats up your cash flow. Yes. If you're a service-based business and you have a huge bump in revenue, then you actually either have to fulfill on the services or you have to hire people. So 100%. that takes up your cash flow. Yep. 100%. Right? And so it was a hit to the cash flow all the time. And, and so I saw like lots of revenue, no cash in the bank. It it was like this cycle they would get into. And the thing that I loved, which you talked about was kind of like this idea of giving money a job, right? So removing from your cash flow, um, an amount for tax, removing an amount for payroll, right? Removing amount for inventory. If you carry inventory, like take this out of your, your main flow of money, and what you're left with is what we call your operating expenses or your OPEX. And that is for the, the everyday occurrences in your business and your, your, and your overhead, right? Now, it takes some navigation to figure out what these percentages are, and you have to have accurate records, right? So it all kind of fits together like a big puzzle. But once you remove this, this cash and you've given it a job, it's actually there now when you need it. So a great example of this, I have, um, I had a, I was in a BNI chapter. I'm no longer in the chapter, but I was in the chapter for about three years, I think. I actually built my bookkeeping businesses off of the BNI chapter. And one of the um, members of the chapter, he um, said, hey, can I meet you for lunch? So I'm thinking it's like a B&I kind of get to know you kind of meeting. We had yeah. known each other for a couple of years and we're sitting at a, a table in a restaurant across from each other and he's, he starts to cry and he said, either I declare bankruptcy today or I, you fix this because I can't go on. My mental wow. health is suffering. My marriage is suffering. Everything is suffering and I can't do this anymore. And either wow. I close the door today and I declare bankruptcy or you, you're going to come in and you're going to rescue this. And I was just like, holy fuck, because I thought he had a lot of revenue. He had a lot of clients. I thought he had a pretty good business. So when I, I was like, okay, well, let me dive into your numbers and have a look. And I spent about four hours in his books that night and I saw he was just bleeding money. He was losing um, well, in the previous fiscal year, he'd lost $70,000 in the next, oh like that current fiscal year, he had lost $35,000. Wow. 
like year to date, right? Yeah. I was like, you can't keep doing this. Like, you're right. You're either going to declare bankruptcy or we're going to come in and we're going to fix it. So we did, we came in and we took over every financial aspect of his business. Like he just was like hands off and he gave us full reign. We, we eliminated staff. Unfortunately, he had people who were stealing from him, who were booking hours. They didn't work. Like it was crazy. We cut, he, he had the assignment of renegotiating software costs. He was in it. So he had, um, he had really expensive client management software. So I was like, I tasked him with this one task, go and renegotiate this fee. He managed to cut the cost from $1,100 a month to $300 a month. Oh my God. Right. And we just, we went through every single line item. Now, the awesomeness of this is when we started, I said to him, what would be the best result for you? He said, the best result would be next year that I get to go and take my wife to the Bahamas for a 25th wedding anniversary. And I already have the money for it. And so he did that, right? Because we put profit first into place. And he so no awesome. longer had, like, it takes a while for everything to catch up. Yes. He no longer had any problem. He ended up selling his business last year for quite the tidy sum. Um, and he's now off doing something else. I love that. And you guys can know that when you've done this, and, and I wanted to say too, it's very flexible. Like mm -hmm. I don't, and I know a lot of other people who love the profit first model, but don't follow it exactly to the T. Like you can modify it to what works best for you. So like yeah. for me personally, I have my OPEX account. I have a taxes account. I have an owner's comp account. I have, of course, my profit account. And then I have an SBA loan. And so I've created a, a special account for my SBA loan because um, they just deposited it into a checking account for me. It's not like a, a regular loan. But mm -hmm. I wanted to see everything that came out of that specific loan so I could make sure I was tracking things. Totally. And the percentages are my, what I feel, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling like you don't know where to get started, buy the book Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. Mike McCallowitz. Um, and if you can't spell his last name, I'm pretty sure he can't either. It's fine. Just put profit first. <laughs> um, and then um, it's also available on Audible. And if it's overwhelming, it's okay. Just talk to Michelle. Get and um, That's you how know, you gotta do. It's, it's just engage with somebody who knows how to make it work for you. And, um, you know, one of the things too about your business that I think is so special is that you are just like end to end, you know what I mean? Like that you can do the bookkeeping and the taxes that you can do, you know, like all of it, um, that, uh, you know, that's really unique as well. Um, so we're getting closer to the end. I do want to highlight money dates. I think this is really important. And then I'll ask my two questions that I ask every person, but um, something that's new to me that I'm um, learning is CEO time, which is where I'm setting aside time each week to measure my KPIs. You know, like, um, did I do the things that I said, the goals that I set for this week? 
Um, like right now I'm doing a LinkedIn campaign where I'm really um, just my first connections. Like I'm really trying to reach out and like make meaningful connection with people. Cause I, I can't remember, like, did I, re- did I reach out to them and connect with them? Did they connect with me? But we should like know each other. Um, but then part of it is finances, looking at my weekly PL. Like, what did I spend this week? What did the business spend this week? How much did we earn this week? You know, like just knowing what's happening in real time and then asking the person who's doing my books to say, hey, by Friday, I need to have this report. You know what I mean? Like, um, I need to have this. And you call it having a money date. So tell me about money dates. Yeah, so I agree. I have a CEO day for myself and I learned that early on that I needed time to actually work in my business. Um, and, and look at my numbers and do some analysis and, and talk to the people who were working for me and all the things that I was, um, working on. And part of that process is what I call a money date. And that is, um, I ended up creating, uh, your money date journal, which you can get on Amazon if you need guidance on this, but, um, it's really a time for you to interact with your money. Because what I believe is that we, we create a relationship with money. And that relationship starts when we're little, right? And, and we, we start, you know, we have our lemonade stand or we have our allowance or whatever it is, right? And, and we, we build that relationship. And sometimes that relationship becomes a little dysfunctional, right? And maybe it's not the healthiest relationship. For other people, it's a great relationship. For some people, it's like they don't even think about that relationship. Like, it's like, oh, I don't even worry about money. Um, And there's kind of like, there's not necessarily a, a right or wrong. I don't believe in a right or wrong. I just believe in a, like, is this supporting the life that you want to have, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious or worried about money, then that's not going to be supporting the life that you want to have. And so you need to cultivate a better relationship. You need to heal any kind of shame story or um, guilt or uh, overwhelm that you're feeling about money. And by spending that time with your money and treating it like a date, like you were going out with somebody, like, like enjoy it, like like make it fun. Um, I always tell clients, like, if you love candles, light a candle, have your most yummy coffee drink, uh, get dressed yes. up, feel like the CEO that you are, right? Wear have your a bubble crown. bath first, whatever you totally. need to do. <laughs> right? Like wear your crown. Okay. Like crowns up ladies, we're doing this. Right. And, and then have a place that you are tracking this information, that you are interacting with it. And so money date really is logging into your bank accounts, looking at your balances, looking at the what you've spent this week. Often people find money coming out of their account that they didn't even know was coming out of their account and fix any issues. It's also looking at your debt. So how much do you owe? What is the interest rate? What's the minimum payment? Like, what's your plan for that debt? I don't think that all debt is bad. There's um, there's reasons to go into debt. Are you being smart with it? 
Look at the money that's owed to you. So what clients owe you money? Does your brother owe you money? Does your friend owe you money? Are you waiting for a refund for a company? This is like you developing um, this integral like um, relationship with your finances, right? Uh, What money do you owe? So do you other people? Do you have payroll coming up? Do you have suppliers that you have to pay? Like, what do you owe? Who do you need to pay? Where is your money need to go? Look at, like we're looking at bank balances. If you're running profit first, you're looking at your allocation percentages and, and feel good about this process. There's no judgment. It doesn't matter if you've got 10 cents in your profit account. It, that doesn't matter. It's, it's the interaction that matters because what we, what we develop is a habitual pattern of behavior that we create with money. And so by, by interrupting that pattern, we can make incredible change. And it doesn't take long. But we, we can take the judgment and the shame out of it and feel good about it. Have it to be a good process. And this is not easy. If you have developed this dysfunctional relationship with money, this will not be easy for you to do. Like you may just need to... Um, Look at one account, right? I have a client who we meet every Saturday and that's what we do for 15 minutes. She just needs me there to, so that she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to log into my bank. Here I go. She's got lots of money in her bank, but she hasn't developed that confidence yet in that relationship. And so it's logging into her bank for many years was really stressful because it was always negative right? And she felt stupid. And she was in a relationship where she was told she was stupid. Right. She wasn't good with numbers and she wasn't good with money. So she developed this whole belief. And so we're changing that through new habitual behavior, right? And and that's the biggest, um, one of the biggest things that you can do in, in changing your wealth Like I so strongly believe like if there's a mission in my life, it's to change the traject, the generational trajectory of our wealth. And for me and my family, I'm a pivotal point that is changing the the whole trajectory of wealth in my family. And that that's what we can do by creating a new relationship with money. I love, love, love it. Like, honestly, I really, really do. Because I think for me, and I've, and honest, like the exact words you're saying about money is, um, is the exact words that are used in the modality of healing that I've been used using this year, um, which is core wound healing. And they're, they talk about healing wounds. Some of them are money wounds. Yeah. Um, that have been passed down generation to generation and changing the trajectory of your own life. And by doing that, stopping the chain, like stopping it with me. Like I I've said this to other people, but I've said it to my own daughter about a specific wound. I said, am I doing this to you? And she goes sometimes. And I was like, okay, well this stops with me. She's like, it's okay, mom. I have boundaries. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but I think I think that that's so so important. And um, so before we go, there's two questions I want to ask you. First, which we've covered amazing amount of material. This is this episode. I always say this, but I mean it. Like this episode is fire. Like so important. Like if anyone wants to make wealth, keep their wealth, spend their wealth, live in rich and wealthy and joyful lives. And that's not all about money, but Mm -hmm. in business, we need to be in charge of our money so that we can enjoy the rest of what we're actually working for. So what I would love to hear from you is if somebody was to come to you and say about this episode and say, I, I only retained one thing what would that one thing be that they walked away from this episode and they learned from you in this episode? Well, the one thing would be to get help. You can't do this alone. Now help doesn't have to cost a lot of money, right? But if you could do this alone, you would have already done it. So get help. I love that. And then this is a question that doesn't have to have anything to do with anything that we're talking about. And I'm excited because uh, no pressure, but I love everything that's happening behind you. (laughs) Fuck average, be legendary, do epic shit, trust the process. You know, I just like love your whole vibe and your roller derby, just like everything about you. It just resonates with me. But what would you say is the most um, meaningful piece of advice that you've been given? And that can be from any source about any topic. Well, I got to say, um, and he's going to hate this, but this piece of advice comes from my uh, roller derby coach. Now, I've not paid, played roller derby for five years because I had a really severe ankle and leg break. But um, my coach, he used to say, um, you go in there and you play hard and you give it everything you got until you, you don't you don't got any more. And if you end up in the penalty box, well, it was worth it. Fuck yes. Right? And so for me, that piece of advice was so vital because I had lived a, a life where people told me I was too much, right? Over the top. I was too much, too loud. You're not like a normal accountant. You don't fit in all this stuff. And when I started playing roller derby, like I'm, I'm five, 10 and a half. So you put me on roller skates. I'm over six feet tall. I'm not a small girl, right? And I have a killer shoulder hit. And I used to foul out. Like I would never make the end of a game because I'd foul out. Because for so many, I was too much. I was too strong. I was too aggressive. And he was like, he was, he was like, he gave me the, the permission card to just go out there and give it everything you got. And if they can't handle it, that's their problem. Mm -hmm. And that's my approach to business as well. Is you go into your business, you go out there in the world, you give it everything you got. Because what else is there? Well, because then if you fail, like you, so what? You gave it what you got. Like this is my favorite, like, so my favorite TED talk of all time is Mel Robbins, Stop Screwing Yourself Over. And she talks about the F word and she talks about how, how the F word is so prevalent, but it doesn't really add any value. And she goes, of course, I'm talking about the word fine. You know, she's like, stop being fine. She's like, be colossally awful. 
be fucking fantastic. Like, don't be fine because then you're just living in this in between. And that's what I get when you when you tell me that it's like, put it all freaking out there, because if you fail, make it freaking epic. Go down in a blaze of freaking glory, because then at least you can say I gave it everything I've got. I gave it every single thing that I've got and it didn't work out. Oh, well, you know, like, so let's clean up this mess and let's figure out what's next. You know what I mean? Maybe I go back to work. Maybe I start a new business. Maybe I declare bankruptcy, whatever it might be. But you, you go out there and you give it your best. And I love that. If you end up in the penalty box, at least it was worth it. Yeah. You gave it everything you had. Oh, I love it. And I can say, honestly, I, in my business, I have given it everything I've got. I continue to every day. I will give everything I have to my clients. Um, I will show up. I will do whatever it takes, um, both for them, for my team, for myself, for my family, for my friends. And I have no regrets of that. I love that. Well, just as a reminder to the audience in the show notes is the link to Michelle's schedule. Please, please, please do yourself a huge favor. Schedule a consultation with her. See if it's a good match. See if she um, could maybe be the answer to your problems. You never, ever know. Um, But I will tell you that she is legendary. She is amazing (laughs) and um, absolutely worth your time in checking things out because this, again, this is not a luxury. This is a necessity. We want wealth, guys. We got to bring it in. So this is the way that we do it. So throw on your crown, call Michelle, make it happen. But this has been a fun and wonderful episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. Thank you every week for being part of this podcast. You are so important to me. If you've not already joined the group, find us on Facebook. It's the Client Revolution podcast group. Um, I think it's just called the Client Experience Revolution. Yes, it is. Come join us. Have fun. We have fun conversation in there. Um, It's a networking group where we just do things a little bit differently. We just take no bullshit and we have fun. So um, we thank you again for joining us. Again, Raya Gonzalez, your host of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. And we will see you next time. I mean, that's the bottom line, too. I I always tell people like this COVID for me was it wasn't it was a mindset shift in the biggest of ways for me and my business really, really responded well. And like the high point was that I was on vacation in Mexico, which we had put off twice, but we decided to go this summer. And I closed two clients, two or three clients, and I hit six figures all while on vacation. And, but I didn't hit six figures. Right. Business hit six figures and the business didn't hit six figures. The top line hit six figures. Totally. So while it was super fucking sexy to see that number, the reality is, that I made by uh, 
Jan or excuse me, by July, which I don't care. Like I put my shit on blast. I don't care. Like I'm still two and a half years in, I'm still in startup, but I had made like $45,000, but like still like pre-business, that was good money. Like, you know what I mean? I was making probably, um, you know, making 50 to $55,000 a year. And I had made more, but in the business that I was in prior to being in business. So like to be in July and to hit like 40, $40,000, $45,000, that was pretty damn good money. But it's like, people are all obsessed with the six figures. And it's like, what is your real number? Yeah. That's like, that's why, like, I'm pretty sure the episode to this podcast is why the top line doesn't matter at all. Like it really doesn't. Doesn't It is what is in your frigging pocket. Yeah. What is in your pocket? What is in your employee's pocket? What are you actually adding value to? You know, who are you supporting? What are the organizations that you're supporting that you're able to give back to because you have earned this money? You know, like the top line is just for, um, I was going to say it in Spanish. There's a word like, it means like luxury, lujo. It means like luxury. The top line is just for show, Mm -hmm. you know, like, It's just what you made, which go you. That means the possibility is there that you can cut your your expenses and you could put more of that money in your pocket. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you have to get creative. You have to be very innovative. And it depends on the type of business that you have. Like if you have, like I'm a service-based business. So my biggest expense are my people. You know what I mean? Like my actual, like, humans that help me do what I do. But if you had a product-based business, there's only some control you have over what your inventory costs, Yeah, you know? And so that that's where it really, like, I love what you talk about because people need to understand like, yes, revenue, 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 revenue. Sales is absolutely crucial. If you are not closing sales, you are not in business. But what, what do you do with that revenue? Right. What do you do with that? If you're not doing the right things, then you end up 50 some thousand dollars in debt because, you know, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not shouting you out. I'm shouting me out. I'm shouting many, many, like hundreds, thousands of people who, you know, we just, you know, I've had you know, friends and family members who have had to declare bankruptcy because they were like a hundred thousand dollars in debt after their business. Well, because they just, the rent was too high and, you know, and they, they couldn't afford staff. So they had to work themselves from open to close in the business. And they had small children, you know, and they're doing all the right things, but it just doesn't come together and that's when you have to get that kind of support, whether that be mindset support, accounting and bookkeeping support, um, read the freaking book that we're about to talk about support. You know, like um, these are things that are very common, but are not spoken about. They are not talked about because it feels like if you say, you know, somebody may judge me because I just said that I only made 40 grand, you know, I mean, basically, fuck you. If you judge me, like, fuck right off. But um, <laughs> like, that's fine. But the the bottom line is like, this is COVID. 
and I'm my business made a hundred grand and I put 40 of that in my pocket in the middle of a pandemic. I feel pretty freaking fantastic about that. And I was able to make informed decisions because before COVID hit, I realized that bookkeeping was a deficit for me. Mm-hmm. It was something I could do by myself, but I couldn't do it very well, very quickly. And there were a lot of moving pieces that once you got to the taxes and the quarterlies and the like beyond the basic deductions. I mean, like my first thing I did when I went into business, you'll laugh at this. I went to the library And I got two books and it was like every deduction you can take as a small business owner. And I flagged the whole thing. Like (laughs) I went through with sticky notes because to me, taking a deduction was like the doing the right thing. And sometimes taking the deduction is the not doing the right thing. Sometimes don't freaking spend the money. Who cares if it's deductible? Don't spend the money. Because you don't need to. Have you seen that with your clients? Oh, totally. Totally. You know, I call it um, borrowed from a mentor of mine, the entrepreneur's carousel, right? Like constantly looking for the next thing, the next fix, the next course, the next person, the next coach, the next program, the ne- like the next, right? The next software, the, the next thing. And so they um, spend a lot of money on that stuff. And not, it's not always, um, not always the best spend of the money, right? When you're reactionary and you're desperate. So it's important to understand, like, where are you making these decisions from? One, do you have accurate, detailed financial information that is telling you if you can afford this even, or... Um, or you have money to pay for it, or have you run the numbers to see what the ROI would be, right? And two, like, are you making the decision from a needy, um, fearful, energetic place? Like that, the mindset of fear um, is very reactionary. And, And if you've got that needy energy going on, then that's what you're going to like manifest or that's what you're going to experience right um when we when we are when we're in a powerful state we we are clear on our goals like we have that level of clarity um we understand where we're going we've got accurate information from our financial records and we're not in a fearful place then we can make informed decisions about the next step. Now, there may be a direct ROI for something. There may not be a direct ROI. That's not, it doesn't matter necessarily. But when you're, that's a different decision than the desperate, um, frantic kind of decision of I've got to fix this thing, right? And and that's what I, you know, like that's kind of like the downfall of, of COVID really um, for many people was like this frantic, oh my God, I've got to do something. And for Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. many, like, well, for all of my clients, my message was do nothing. Yes. Pause. Do not do anything. Of course, have a look at where you're spending money and turn some things off. Do not do anything right now because you're not in the right state of being to be making these decisions. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think there's probably people who didn't have a Michelle 
and who aren't in business today because they knee jerked to try to recorrect and repivot and they weren't able to recover from that. You know, it's just shocking to me. The, um, and I like have had to basically turn off news for myself because, um, I, we won't get political, but, um, but like just the amount of information that is um, politicized and, you know, good, bad, whether that be about, you know, our government or about um, the economy. I just have to say, like, how is the economy affecting me personally? What is my personal economy look like? Totally. Like what is happening in my bubble what is happening with the people that I love or the people that I share my business experience with what's real for them? You know what I mean? And how do I base my business decisions off of what feels really good? Like what like feels really good. And like, for example, I'm in a a business incubator program that I still have access to for three more months. And I paid in full for that program. And I met somebody who I met through the same person that you and I met. And she is an executive coach. And the minute I met her, I knew that we had to work together. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was the answer to the next step for me. That's but great. it wasn't from a fearful place. It was like, oh, my home is with you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you are going to lead me to my next steps. Like you have the right level of accountability and um, cheerleadership and um, business acumen because she's, you know, open and sold like four businesses and has this just like huge breadth of experience. And like, is now the right time to be investing in another coaching program when I'm already freaking in a coaching program that I have access to? Maybe on paper, no, but you have to go from a loving space. And it's not even like um, some of those things, you don't know the ROI, right? Like you, you're, right. you're, you don't know, but it, and you have to really, really do a gut check. Um, is this coming because it's an, an energetic thing or is this the, like, I just really want this thing. Totally. You know what I mean? And so like, I, um, I told her like when we did our podcast, when we were in our green room and stuff, and I was like, um, we're working together, but I thought it was like March, you know what I mean? And I thought it would be an, a, like a one-to-one thing. And then there was a day where like some stuff happened with the program that I'm in. And I was just like, why am I waiting? Yeah. Like now is the time. Like this is, we're moving into 2021. Like I'm repivoting my business. Like there is like so much abundance in the world. Like I'm not in a desperate place with my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, why am I waiting? And so I just messaged her and I said, like, can we just have a conversation? And like, that's what I would, you know, I know that you have offered for our guests and thank you so much for this um, resource, but you have offered a free 30 minute consultation with people to chat about where they're at and where they might need some help and those types of things. And so I would encourage every listener to please take Michelle up on that. But like, that's basically what I did with this coach. I just said like, this is my experience that I'm living 
with the situation that I'm in with the person that I had selected, which was working really well for a while, but it's just no longer in alignment with where I'm at. Like I've done a lot of personal development and healing and, um, and I'm, my business has changed so much in the last year. I've really specialized and I just, I'm feeling just so drawn to you. Like I'm feeling like there's something there and like, maybe we shouldn't wait but that's crazy, right? Like I'm already in a program and she's like, Raya, I'm about to start a group program. Like she has them periodically. And she's like, I really think you should be in it. And I was like, "Ah, I don't want to do a group program. And she was like, no, I really. And she gave me like her reasonings and, um, and it was like more, a a more reasonable price, you know, like for my budget and for all these things. And I think that we need to do more of that where we listen to our gut like really listen to our gut and then say, when it's affirmative, say, okay, gut, is it affirmative because I really want this thing? Or is it affirmative because it's actually the right move and we need to be in line, in alignment with our intuition, in alignment with what is right? Because we are in business because we are innovators. We solve problems. We have a gut that tells us things but we don't listen to our gut. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, you need those, you need the pillars of wisdom around us. You know, the people in finance and business and things that have walked a couple steps ahead of us Mm -hmm. to tell us like, Hey, do you need that Apple music subscription when you have Amazon and Spotify? Like, I mean, do you use all of them? I mean, if you do awesome, cool, sweet, but do you need all of them? Actually? No, I do not. I do not need every single one. Thank you so much, Michelle. I forgot that I had that one. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) these are the things we're having that kind of support is so important. So I think that, you know, I, well, I think, first of all, I thank you for providing that opportunity. I mean, obviously it's not like a, a deep dive, but like for the people who, um, and also I didn't know that you guys specialize in cleanups. Like there's so many people. Oh my God. So many people are like, I'm scared. Like, I don't even want to deal with it because I have so many months to clean up. Well, we, I just had this conversation with somebody who had three years to clean up and we've done as many as, um, 13. Oh my God, Michelle. I know. I know. Right. But the, the, the thing that we do differently, um, is that we get people on support right now. Yeah. And we clean up at the same time. At the same time. So that they're not making a mess while they're getting it cleaned yeah. up. Yeah. And a lot of bookkeepers will be like, no, no, I just start at the beginning and then I'll yes. clean up. And then, you know, uh, six months from now, we'll start cleaning up this year or whatever, right? Um, that doesn't, well, it, it'll work, but it just takes too long. We need to like stop this right now. And we put people on a monthly bookkeeping support package and we're also cleaning up the past. Now we have a system to do that so that it works, right? But um, it really is the most successful way to approach this. And I don't know, for some reason, we we seem to attract clients who, you know, need this. And I love that though. I mean, it's so, and it's such a special and niche market 
but I'm I'm telling you, I have like two people, like one in particular that I will be connecting you with after this call. <laughs> um, but I know so many people who say like, I don't know how to get started because I just have been throwing receipts and like in a literal yeah. or a figurative box. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and, and it's a really common thing, right? They, yeah, they just absolutely dig themselves absolutely. into a hole and they don't even know how to start getting out of it. So um, two things that I want to get in before we finish up. And number one is, oh, I love this so much. Like if somebody is like, I don't know even where to get started. I can't afford a bookkeeper. I don't know what to do. I am like, read the book Profit First. Like yeah. just read it, audible it. I don't care how you consume it. Just like if, if you can't af afford and I'm putting these in quotation marks because I don't believe that there is an entrepreneur that can't afford a bookkeeper. You there, you have to find a way if you're in business to do that. But if you're like, maybe you haven't launched yet, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you're in the planning stages. Um, profit first, and you can explain it even more, but this is my like layman's terms, is written by Mike Michalowicz, which you cannot spell his last name. So go to motorbikemike.com. Um, he talks about how um, it is important to take the profit off the top before you pay anything else. And um, he, um, and I've gone into this in other podcasts, but the, um, the best like visual is my grandparents who were actually pretty affluent. I didn't know this at the time, but um, my grandfather was a retired pediatrician my grandmother was um, a fashion designer who left her career to become a professional mom. And she was like a socialite and like the life of the party. I mean, there was a, so much pinochle going on at their house. It wasn't even funny. But their <laughs> method of finances was they, they took out from wherever, like their retirement or whatever, because they were both a lot older when they were older when they adopted my dad. And um, so they took out a certain lump sum every month and they had envelopes and they had a safe and then they had like they would a little tray that would come out and then there was envelopes and each envelope had handwriting on it, it was my grandmother's handwriting and it was like clothes groceries um you know like they would pay with their checks like the mortgage and the you know whatever um but then my favorite of all times was the frolic fund Oh because God, the frolic fund was for like, let's go to the movies or let's go to go out to eat. Or it was like their date night or like, let's take a grandchild to go do something fun. Like it was the fun fund and they planned for it. Like every single thing had its place. And that's what Mike Michalowicz's profit first is for me. It's the envelope method. And he, I think, even uses that um, analogy, but using bank accounts and, you know, without going into like all of the details because people get overwhelmed by it. Um, you know, tell me what, what prompted, because you are um, a profit first certified um, financial provider and like what motivated you to want to align yourself and your business with profit first and, um, you know, giving people kind of a taste of what that looks like from a bookkeeper standpoint, you know, like and maybe educating people or, you know, that kind of thing. 